Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. John chapter 19, verse 30. It says, when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. That's it. That's all I got for y'all right there. That's it. It is finished. With that, he bowed his head, gave up his spirit. Can we bow our heads and pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We love you. Love you because you first loved us, oh God. Thank you, Lord, that we can celebrate your life in us because you resurrected. But before there was a resurrection, there was an excruciating death. And we're grateful for that, God. We're so grateful for that. That even if we could die on the cross, we, we couldn't. Because we were too imperfect to pay for the sins of others. So we thank you, Lord. We love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, come on, give God a shout of praise one more time. Woo! Lord, help me stay cool here. Um, You guys know this for sure, but just in case you didn't know, I love my wife. I said, I love my wife. Like, I, I'm telling you, she is like, she, like, I'm telling you, I watch her and I'm just like, this woman is superwoman. Like, the capacity that Lisa has to do and get things done, like, she in one day can clean up the whole house, cook three meals, meet two people, disciple three others, and get it all done and make sure she watches her Netflix show by the end of the day. She is superwoman. Yes, it all done. It's crazy. I'm like, I can only do one thing a week. I prepare my message. That's it. That's all I could do. And one of these moments, at four years married, we were four years married, and I remember I had this aha moment. You ever had an aha moment? An epiphany moment? You ever had one of those joints? Crazy. I don't have too many of those joints. Humble brag. But I, I do, I do have some sometimes. And I remember I was in the restroom. Don't ask me what I was doing, mind your business. I was in the restroom, four years married, four years. And I'm in the restroom and I'm looking around in the restroom. You ever did that? This is before we had phones. You're just looking around. You're just in the restroom, and I'm in the restroom, and I'm looking around, and it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It just dawned on me. Four years married. Four years married. I looked around. I looked at the walls. I looked at the ceiling. I looked at the sink. I looked at the bathtub, and it hit me. You know what? It just dawned on me. I've never cleaned this bathroom. <laughs> Four years. Never once have I picked up a wipe and wipe this bathroom. Never once have I swept this bathroom. Never once did I clean the sink. Never once did I put Ajax on the tub. Never once in four years. Four years. Hit me. I said, my God, this thing has been clean for four years. 
It hit me. And then I, I caught the revelation. Now I'm a, I'm a master husband. I'm an expert husband. I'm signing autographs at the end of the service. Um, and, 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 and I learned that if you're, if you're going to be a good husband, you, you, you got to learn how to help and clean around the house. But there's a problem with that because I tell my wife all the time, baby, don't do the bathroom. I got, yo, I got the bathroom. You can only hit a couple of times because after the fourth time, it starts hurting your chest. But you tell her, I'm like, yo, baby. And all the men know these words, I got you. All the men know what I'm talking about, right? Yo, yo, baby, baby. I got you. I got the bathroom. And then, and then she responds. She responds to me. And you know what she says? No, bro, no. No, you don't got me. Because what you don't understand is every time you say you're going to clean the bathroom, the moment you say you're done cleaning the bathroom, I have to go in there. I have to go in there and finish what you left undone. You don't understand, Ro, that, that when I say I'm cleaning the bathroom, I'm cleaning the bathroom. When you say you're cleaning the bathroom, you're half cleaning the bathroom because you only clean the bathroom on a service level. So I have to go in after you and inspect and see that you've left the bathroom undone. And I'm like, what are you talking about? The bathroom is clean. And she lifts up the toilet seat. No, Ro, you need to get the wipes and get under. You need to get under. Under the toilet seat. And I said, first of all, first of all, first of all, lower your voice. She said, she said, she, said, she goes, and I tell her, I tell her, first of all, lower your voice. Second of all, I have accepted that that is not my spiritual gift. But I am trying. And then I tell her, the same thing with the dishes. Baby, I got the dishes. Just leave them. Go to sleep. I got no, Ro. No, no, Ro. I'll do the dishes. I'm like, well, why? I'll just do the dishes. I'll do no, Ro, because you say you do the dishes. And what happens is, is that the next morning, in the dish drying rack, what I find is a dish that still has grease on it and another dish that still smells like eggs. <laughs> and I say, I realize that it is not my spiritual gift. But I am trying. And then it reminds me of our kids. You know our kids, right? When you tell them to clean their room. And they say, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to clean the room, Dad. No problem. Bishop, famous, clean the room. Okay, you can't, clean, you can't go outside until you clean the room. I'm going to clean the room, Dad. Okay, I'm done. I'm going outside. You go in the room. He lifted up two pieces of clothes. Forgot to sweep. Forgot to sweep. Forgot to mop. Forgot to do his, oh, <laughs> I love this. Don't you love this? Oh, I didn't see that. I think that when we think about this term, it is finished, I think many times we understand it with our experiences from the past. And many times we may make the mistake of projecting on God our experiences with other people. But the beauty about what Jesus did when he said it is finished, it actually does no justice to understand it in the English language. It is in the original language, that we understand that when Jesus said, it is finished, it means this. The job is complete, it will continue to be complete, and it will always be complete. 
You don't have to check after it. You don't have to doubt that if the job was done. You don't have to second guess if the mission was complete. You don't have to be skeptical that the purpose was carried out. When Jesus said it is finished, it is done. It is done. And religion will always tell you, you got to do, 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 and leave you with a bunch of doo-doos. But when Jesus got up on the cross and said it is finished, he spelled salvation with four letters. D-O-N-E. It is done. It is done. It is done. Come on, if you believe that in this place, that your salvation is secured, that your salvation is sealed, it cannot be undone. It is finished. It will always be finished, and it will stand finished. It is in the original language that we get the potency of this word. It is finished. It is translated in the English as three words, but in the original language, Greek, it is actually one word. And the word is tetelestai. Tetelestai. And sometimes, like, I, don't, I, I speak multiple languages. I speak three languages. And I understand the difference of translation and languages. And I speak three languages, English, Spanish, and emoji. And... I don't speak emoji. Lisa doesn't speak emoji. She texted me the other day, I love you. And she goes, how come I text you I love you and you didn't respond to me? I said, I did respond to you. I sent you a face with heart eyes. I was like, you don't speak emoji? Because when I send you a face with heart eyes, I'm telling you, I love you too. I love you more. I will always love you. I will do this all over again. Girl, you rock my world. Like, you don't speak emoji? But there are some losses in, <laughs> there's some losses in translation. Like, if you speak Spanish, you know this, there's a word. It's called, uh, this is a word, it's called cariño. I hope I don't lose everybody in the room. All the Latinos like, yeah, yeah, I'm getting the juicy stuff. But listen. This word cariño, cariño is a word that doesn't translate in the English well. Uh, there's actually, the closest thing that we can get to this word cariño is the word affection. Affection, like a tender, so you need multiple words, descriptive words to try to explain affection. The problem is that in Spanish there is also a word for affection and it's called afección. But in the English language, there's really no word that does this word cariño justice unless you, 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 you put words together to try to describe the potency of what cariño. And, you, and you know, if you, if, you, if you were raised in a Spanish home, you know exactly what cariño is. Like you, you're like, yeah, like what is that cariño? I don't know. <laughs> huh. But this word, tetelestai, has, carries the same potency. And so... When Jesus says, it is finished, what he's doing is that he gets up on the cross and he says, tetelestai. And sometimes we lose the potency of what he's trying to say. As a matter of fact, scholarly opinion says this about this word, tetelestai. Catch this, it says, tetelestai, the greatest word from the greatest man on the greatest day in all eternity. One word, but no word ever uttered has so changed the history and destiny of mankind. Tetelestai. Charles Spurgeon, 
says this of Tetelestai. He says, an ocean of meaning in a drop of language, a mere drop. It would need all the other words that ever were spoken or even can be spoken to explain this one word. It is altogether immeasurable. It is high. It cannot, it cannot, I cannot attain it. It is deep. I cannot fathom it. This is the potency of it is finished. Tetelestai. Here's what, what, what he's trying to communicate. It is finished. It is always and will be finished. What does that mean? That you can't complete what has already been completed in your life. And so many times we're trying to finish something that God has already completed. And, 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 and the message title to this message is this. His finish line, my starting point. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, his finish line, my starting point. His finish line, my starting point. And so you can't complete the work that God has already completed. You can't finish a finished work. And in the same token, you can't incomplete what he's already completed. You can't unfinish what he's already finished. And you can't undo what he's already done. His finished work is greater than your failure. His finished work is greater than your incompetence. His finished work is greater than your depression. His finished work is, is greater than any way you can screw up your life. When God said to tell us I, he's saying you cannot undo what I am accomplishing. I want to give you, I got, like, I got like seven, I got like seven, these six points. I'm only going to give you five today. Oh, I got 77 points. I'm just going to give you five. So in efforts to help you understand and comprehend the potency of tetelestai, I want to give you the, the, the original usage of these ter this term, tetelestai. And, and the, first, the first group of people that used this word, tetelestai, it, it were, were merchants. Everybody shout merchants. Say merchants. Um, <clears throat> merchants, when someone had a debt and it was paid off, the creditor would write tetelestai on the certificate of debt. This now means that it was, catch this, paid in full. This was also used on the deed of a property until the clerk wrote tetelestai on the deed. It was not recognized as completely paid until the clerk put on the certificate of debt tetelestai. I have news for you today that in the same way a merchant could put on a certificate of debt, Jesus got up on the cross and wrote with his blood on your certificate of debt. What was your certificate of debt? The Bible says, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means that every time you lied, debt. Every time you sinned, debt. Every time you fornicated, debt. Every time you uh, 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 backstabbed somebody, debt. Every time you gossip, holla, debt. Every time, debt. And what you began to do is accumulate debt after debt after debt after debt. But Jesus, when he said on the cross with his last breath to Telestai, he is saying that the sin debt is paid in full. <laughs> it's paid in 
full. Sometimes we, we live our lives like our debt is paid in half or as if Jesus made a down payment and now we got to continue with the payments going forward. But when I start my life in Christ, I'm not starting my life in debt. I don't know about you, but I inherited debt from my previous generation. But my father in heaven didn't start my walk, my spiritual walk with debt. He said the moment you place your faith in Jesus, you don't start your life filled with debt because his finish line was paid in full then that means my starting place I said my starting place is paid in full Moses was good but he couldn't pay the debt Noah was good but he couldn't pay the debt Abraham was good but he couldn't pay the debt I said Daniel was good but he couldn't pay the debt Isaiah was good but he couldn't pay the debt why because they did not possess the currency needed to pay for the debt that was owed. See, the problem isn't that we don't have the ability to pay a debt. It means no matter how wealthy we think you are, you will never be able to pay for how expensive God's redemption is. You can't pay enough. You can't afford God's blessing. You can't afford God's redemption. You can't afford God's healing. You can't afford God's provision. You cannot, no amount of money in the world can afford. Because here's the, here's the deal. The currency was, that was needed, we did not possess. Like you ever went to a store? Like I don't know about you, but it's 2019 and I expect people to take debit cards. Yeah. Someone say amen. Go ahead, preacher. Take your time. Hallelujah. Like, you ever go to the store? No, cash only. Like, what? Like, what? What do you mean cash only? Why? So they don't take your type of payment. They don't take that kind of. So no matter how much you could afford what is in the store, even you could afford the store in its entirety, they don't take that kind of payment. And the problem is that, <laughs> that Jesus understood that we were bankrupt of the currency that was needed to pay the debt that was owed. And so, you see, what was needed was perfection. Was, what was needed was wholeness. And guess what? We didn't have perfection. We had brokenness. We didn't have healing. We had sickness. And so we did not possess the currency that was needed to pay the debt that was owed. And so what Jesus did is said, hold on a second. I know the currency that I need for forgiveness. And therefore, I will pay with the currency of my life, of my perfection, of my healing, of my wholeness. I have the currency. Debt is paid in full. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26 says this. Look, it says, but as it is, catch this, 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 this verse will ruin some of us. But as it is, he has appeared once, 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 and for all the end of ages to put away sin, to put what? To put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. By the sacrifice of what? His currency. 
by the sacrifice of himself, the currency that he needed to pay the debt that we could not pay. And so what he did, he paid a debt that he did not owe because we could not pay that. We, we could not pay a debt that we owed. And so what Jesus does is that he says, listen, I need to put away the sin problem. And many times we're taking out the sin problem and we're saying, God, forgive me. And God is saying, what are you talking about? I forgave you 2,000 years ago. You need to learn how to receive my forgiveness. You need to learn how to receive my healing. You need to learn how to receive my love. But God, I'm sorry, God, I know I'll never do it. No, I, you are forgiven, past, present, and future. Any sin that you've ever committed in your life, any sin that you're going to commit, guess what? It was taken on the cross of Calvary when he said, te, te, lista. Second people, second group of people, priests. Priests, I'm going to go through this, these two quickly. Priest, a priest, before an animal was sacrificed, a priest would examine the animal for blemishes. And if an animal had blemishes of imperfections, it could not be used as a substitute of a person's sacrifice. The lamb, in this particular occasion, occasion the lamb had to be faultless and perfect and acceptable. And so because the lamb had to be perfect, then what would happen is that this would be the sac uh, atonement sacrifice. And what would happen is that it would bring a perfect lamb and you would come with your sin and you would say, listen, the, the sin that is on me, we place on the lamb and the lamb is sacrificed. And so your sins have been covered. And so the priest would examine the lamb and say, okay, this is accepted. And when he would say it was accepted, he would say, to tell us die. Ooh, I got news for you. When Jesus became, what does that mean for us? Jesus became the perfect sacrifice. Jesus becomes the perfect sacrifice. Look what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. It says, or 18, it says, God paid a ransom to save you from the, from the impossible road to heaven. What? The impossible road to heaven, which your fathers tried to take. And the ransom he paid was not with mere gold or silver. You didn't have the currency. You, you very well know. But he paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ. The sinless, watch this, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. He says, God, this is an acceptable offering. For, uh, before you. What does that mean for us? That means because Jesus was perfect and he was the perfect sacrifice. Every bit of pure, holy righteousness that he had came on us. And every single bit of sin that we possess came on him. And he was crucified for our iniquities. He was bruised for our transgressions. The chastisement of our sin was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. How does a lamb take the sin of a person? I don't know. But I know that it is so. How did I receive my righteousness from Jesus? I don't know. But I know that it is so. And so his finish line is my starting place. It's the same thing with an artist. The third group of people, an artist, an artist, an artist. When the painter or a sculptor had put the last finishing touches, the beautiful masterpiece. last stroke, the last movement on a sculpture. It's kind of like nowadays when you're on your 73rd picture and on three filters and you post it on Instagram. What do you say? <laughs> 73 pictures, come on. Tetelestai. Tetelestai. So when Jesus Right upon the cross, many times we say, Father, he, we, 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 we misunderstand the original context of Father, why have you forsaken me? 
No, 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 no. But Jesus was showing his, his divinity because Psalm 22 is a mess messianic prophecy that says, Father, why have you forsaken me? And so in the original language or in the ancient Jewish mind, when they heard a song, the first lyrics to a song, they understood <laughs> that that's what you were referring to. My, my mind fails to, to give you an example right now, but the only examples I have are bad songs, so I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I have people like backflash. It's like when you hear the hypnotized song, Biggie, boom, boom, boom. Anyway. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Javi. Sorry. Uh, so when you hear, Father, why have you forsaken me, the, the listeners understood that he was proclaiming to be king because it is at that precise moment that God accepted Jesus Christ as the perfect sacrifice. But not only he accepted him as the perfect sacrifice, he looked at him and said, there is nothing more to be done. My wrath has been satisfied. My love has been extended. Extended. You are a perfect masterpiece. And what does that mean? That the moment we place our faith in Jesus, we are a perfect work of art. That because of his blood, because of his perfection, we choose to place our faith in Jesus. And so we become part of the masterpiece that he's formed every single one of us anew. We are complete in Christ. There's nothing more to add. I am perfect before him. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, you're a piece of work. Imagine what that would do to your life if you walk out your doors understanding that you are perfected in Christ Jesus. He has made all things new. All things have passed away. Behold, he's making a new thing. That word behold is saying take notice because many times God is doing a new thing in your life and you're not even taking notice because you're so focused on the negative and God is saying, yeah, but you don't understand. I'm changing you. I'm transforming you. I'm healing you. You don't understand. Fourth, fourth, fourth is servants. Servants. Everybody shout servants. Servants would use this term, uh, uh, tetelestai, and, and, and how they would use it is a servant would use the word tetelestai when reporting to their master, I have completed the work assigned to me. A master would send his servant on a mission, and the servant was not to return until he had performed, watch this, the last, the last act of the mission. When he could return from a successful mission, he used the word to telestai to report to his master that he had accomplished the goal. The fourth point I want to give you this is that when Jesus says to telestai, he says this, the plan is accomplished. John chapter 4 says, Jesus said, my food is to do what God wants me to do and to finish his work. Oh, man, I, I, I wish I was preaching to, to three people right now, just like three people right now, because I don't know about you, but, but I thank God that Jesus did not deter from his mission. See, like, if I'm Jesus, I'm telling you, like, have you ever, like, have you ever met someone who's a good starter? You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean. Like, you're a good starter. Like, you've started five different things in four days. You know what I'm talking about? Like, Right? Like, how many of you guys are starting your diet on Monday? Well, 
we should have kept that a secret. Right, you're a good starter. But by Wednesday, Santo Dios de la Gloria. Right? You go to Dunkin' Donuts and you go, you see the sriracha bacon with eggs, and you're a vegan and you love it. The devil is a liar. Right? Like you're a good starter. Like, wait, let me tell you, every time I start a diet, I I know that I'm gonna finish it until Wednesday. Right? You you ever started that business? Like, you know that person, like they have good, oh, they have their amazing starter stories. Like, yeah, I started, I started, I started, but they never finish. Right? I thank God that Jesus is not as fickle as humanity. Because if I was Jesus, let me tell you, I would have stopped at at the, at the wedding. I would have been chilling back on my phone, Netflix. My mother would have came up to me. Rolando, let me tell you something. My mom doesn't talk like that, but to me she talks like that. That's the way I hear her in my mind. Rolando, let me tell you something. There's some people over here that want to get drunk and you need to hook up the Kaluas for them. And I would have said, I said, Mom, are you, are you crazy? Like, I'm done. Lord, take me up. I'm done. I'm done. I can't, like, I'm supposed to take orders here. Like, no, I'm done. I would have been done at Peter. I would have, like, I would have been done at my disciples. Oh, my. This, this is what I got. You got a guy that wants to lean on my chest all the time. You got a guy that doesn't want to talk. You got a tax collector. And you got a guy that's going to betray me. And I know it the whole time. This, I would have tapped out right there. Done. Done. But when Jesus says to tell us that, he's saying, the plan is accomplished. The very thing that I was set out to do. The very thing that I was, I put on human flesh to do. I didn't get sidetracked. I didn't get deterred. I didn't get slowed down. Why? Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Because he had a mission to complete. The joy that was set before him, can I tell you who it was? It was you, Drew. He said, no, I got a mission to accomplish for Drew because he needs healing. I got a mission to accomplish for Frank because he needs salvation. I got a mission to accomplish for Jenny. I got a mission to accomplish uh, for Marcos. I got a mission to accomplish for Susan. I got a mission to accomplish for Lisa. I got a mission to accomplish for Zeb. I got a mission for the joy that is set me. Good news is that we were the joy. We were the joy that was set before him. And he was not deterred. He was not slowed down. Because there was joy in front of him. And he was able to say to the Father, Father, to tell us that the plan is accomplished. His finish line. Our starting place. 
His finish line. I start at His finish line. I don't start to obtain healing. I start from a place of healing. I don't start for victory. I start from a place of victory. Because everything that you need is possessed in this one word, Tetelestai. I'm going to ask our worship team to come back up here as we close this message. I want to give you the last, the last point. And the last group of people that used this term was prisoners. I don't know about you, but I've been a prisoner before. I don't know about you, but I've been stuck before. I don't know about you, but I've been bound before. And when a prisoner in ancient Rome would complete their sentence, they were given a document, and on the document it would say, after completing their sentence, it was this document, on that document it would say, Tetelestai, it is finished. <laughs> and if questioned as to why he was out of jail or out of prison, he would simply point to the indication across in which the judge had written, Tetelestai. He could rest in the safety and the security because the word tetelestai guaranteed his deliverance and liberty. The charges of his crimes could never again be brought up against him because he had already completed the sentence of his crime. See, many times you think that you need to pay for the bad things that you've done. And we become so self-absorbed with trying to punish ourselves with depression and punishing ourselves with guilt. And we think that feeling bad sometimes feels good. Right? Let's be honest. Like I'm supposed to feel bad, so feeling bad feels, feels good because I'm, I'm feeling bad. And I understand about repentance. I understand about turning away from our sin. But turning away from our sin is not an emotional experience. It is a mind that is transformed and renewed and turning towards God. That is what repentance is. The, the Greek word is metania. And so when Jesus says, it is finished, he cries out on the cross, which means this it's proof of my freedom you think you got to do a bid for a bid that has already been completed and so when he and this is to let anyone know who places their trust and faith in Jesus that on his behalf in essence we receive a document that is called the word of God that says that all our crimes, past, present, and future, 
have been taken and paid for by the sentencing of Jesus Christ when he was crucified on Golgotha. He was sentenced, but he completed the sentence. So I got news for you. Every time the enemy tries to attack you and, say, and accuse you of high treason, I dare you to show him the proof of the word of God and say, no, 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 devil. Devil, he who the sun sets free. I said, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. No, 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 devil. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Somebody ought to shout and show the devil this proof of my freedom, this proof of my liberty, this proof of my deliverance is guaranteed. Even if you feel stuck, even if you feel bound, I got proof. I got proof. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.